With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm waiting for this. It's a show that brings you all good things for both. A product two halves. With the three wise men of football, Tom Woods, Michael Carden Edwards, and the bitter toffee himself, Lee Collard. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Hours, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football related. And of course, we're in conjunction with our wonderful partners at Sports Social Podcast Network. Today is episode 129 and as usual, I'm joined by the Mr. Mikey Carden Edwards and Mr. Tom Woods. All of our teams have won it this weekend, so I'm assuming we're going to have some happy boys on the pod today. We're going to go to Mikey first. How you doing, buddy? Mate, how long did we have to wait last season for all of our teams to win? Probably a long time. It was a moment. I remember because, you know, it's something we do tend to keep track of during a season. Um, and it, I think it was like eight or nine weeks into the season. Mate, week one smashed it. Yeah, Nailed absolutely it, smashed it. Well, I you boys it. must have been letting us down in last season because Everton were rampaging at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, Lampard tax. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So. <laughs> But I need to answer your question. I'm very well, thank you. And I think um, I should probably explain, right? Those of you who have opened up the show today may see that today's show is a lot shorter than the usual two-hour grueler, right, that this show usually is, okay? So we have decided to mix it up this season. Last week's episode was very much a let's get back into the swing of things. We're previewing the season. Here we go. Well, we're in the season now. Week one is in the books. So we've decided to mix it up ourselves. And what we've done, we are now releasing two times a week, boys and girls. That's right. Not once, but twice. And usually you'll always find us on a Wednesday morning, right? That's when I wake up and and put it all together. Well, now we are recording on a Monday evening so I can get part one over to you lovely people on a Tuesday morning. Now, this has a couple of ramifications, okay? Because we're also recording part two also today, which will be dropping on Fridays. Now, there are two distinct kind of focuses for the show. The first show 
focuses on the weekend which just happened, and the second show focuses on the weekend that's about to happen, okay? With some wonderful, you know, flavorings here and there of different topics as we see fit. The other ramification is this, okay? This season, much like last season, both Chelsea and Manchester United are both in Europe, okay? And I'll be damned if I have to miss another bloody Champions League game because of a fucking Tuesday night football, okay? We also said we weren't going to swear so much, and I've broken that rule <laughs> within two minutes and 35 seconds, so apologies for that. Go on, Lee. Something has just popped into my head, actually, now, because obviously we're recording on a Monday and you mentioned about the Champions League. It doesn't mean we're going to, no longer that we'll be having live updates during the pod. Usually, like, they'll be, uh, oh, sorry, oh, no, Chelsea almost just scored, you know, and that, we won't be having that anymore. Unless we're going to be watching Monday Night Football, which is, to be fair, few and far between these days. It's a Monday Night Football next week, I think. Mm. But, you know, we'll, we'll work that out as we go. <laughs> but look, I, I know that's obviously a shot at, at me because of, obviously, Chelsea maintaining their position in the Champions League last season, right? So, uh, <laughs> M- Mikey had the opportunity. His team just let him down when they went to Leipzig. You know? uh, let's could- not talk about that. <laughs> Come on. All of our three teams won last they like, did. over the weekend. They did. And you want to talk about Leipzig? Everton, Everton had me sweating for a moment. I'm, I'm sure that Leeski probably was sweating uh, as well, more more so than usual, right? Probably not as much as uh, Michael Keane as well. I feel. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> that was a uh, mate. Can I just give you a quick stat on Everton? Would you allow me the time to give you a nice cheeky stat on Everton? I'm right? going to. I'm going to have a gander at that stat. I am fully right fully on the Rafa in bus. I know what it is. Right. Now, Everton, (laughs) since December 2017, have uh, gone behind, or they've conceded the first goal in 59 league matches, okay, since December 2017. Do you know how many games they've won in those 59 league matches? Let's hear it. Twice. Hang on a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm getting different things here from you. What I've heard then, I heard that we haven't like we're losing at half time one nil since like 2015, and we haven't gone on to win. All that's right, well, that's, that's uh, a different okay. stat to what Mikey's saying though. What's your stat? Yeah. Sorry, he said go, 59 gone, league gone, matches, gone behind the first goal down. When you've conceded a goal, you haven't. You've only come back uh, to win twice. Okay, so I've whacked in the half time as an extra, which is which no one asked for. Well, zero people asked for, ruining the the stat and uh, I, pretty much ruining the show. I, I would, so well I would argue that Lee's stats might actually be better because it being a big fat goose egg on losing at half time, um, that that's a pretty solid one. But again, two two beautiful stats that highlight just oh, how shit, magical. Yeah. <laughs> Rafa Benitez is. He's come in and he's changed the culture immediately. Rafa in. I did, I was pleased to see him in a suit. I was worried that he was going to Tony Pulis it and all season and we were just going to be a laughing stock. Well, extra in terms of that. But um, no, it was a relief. And to be fair, what I did enjoy as well, I know we're sort of digressing, but with Rafa, it's just... It was actually like there was some animation, there was some barking of orders, being on the touchline, something I kind of missed actually. I hadn't seen with um, Ancelotti or I think Marco Silva before him. I don't talk about Big Sam. <laughs> Respect Big Sam. I, oh, the thing with Carlo was that Carlo was collecting a paycheck while drinking coffee on the touchline, right? You yeah, know, like, but, but he's but, now where he wants to be. But what a magnificent eyebrow. Wow. Beautiful eyebrow, right? Beautiful eyebrow. But uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about Everton, are we? Um, obviously, we have mentioned that all our teams did win. And one of those teams, of course, was Man United. Given a, given a Leeds United a bit of a demolishing. And um, yeah, I guess, Mikey, you must be 
pretty stoked, right? Well, this takes into uh, this pretty much follows the script kind of of last season, right? Where didn't we win six two? I believe yeah. it was. Yeah, six two. Um, essentially, Leeds United are the perfect opponents for Manchester United in terms of how of style of playing tactics because they go one-on-one and flood players forward. And Manchester United have always been very good, certainly under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, at counter-attacking with pace. Um, I believe it was the game against Leeds last year where we won 6-2, where um, Bruno basically decided to vacate a bit of space, uh, drag away the DM so that McTominay could randomly score. And it feels like Bruno has got Leeds United's number because he caused them all sorts of problems with his movement. Um, And when you take into then account Paul Pogba deciding to be sumptuous. Um, you've got a pretty winning combination and also Greenwood up top um, kind of showing that he can be a number nine despite what Solskjaer has said about him recently, which is a bit bizarre. But no, the, the performance is very good. I thought we looked fit. We looked sharp. We looked everything Leeds didn't, quite frankly. Can I just get you to elaborate on what Solskjaer said about Greenwood? I think I'm not familiar with this. Um, I think he was asked, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, um, whether he's going to be um, kind of playing up the middle. And he was like, no, I see him as a right winger. And it's like, eh? No, he's he, not what? Right. <laughs> like, don't say that. He's clearly a striker. Yeah. Like, and his performance against Leeds in terms of even the goal, um, the Pogba into Fernandez, who the first goal, right, where Bruno basically hit it off the goalkeeper, went in. Even that goal, um, you know, Fernandez's movement was wonderful going into that, um, you know, the last line of defence, as it were, and coming through. But Greenwood's movement is the is the reason that happened because he basically vacated the centre forward position, making the space which Bruno went into. If Greenwood stands still, much like a certain Tony Marshall would have done in that position, there's nowhere for Bruno to go there, and there's Leeds players in the way. So even that little the little thing like that. Um, it's really encouraging to see. Greenwood had a tar- tough year last year. It certainly started it tough, finished well, and it's nice to see him kind of arrive and a really good performance, get a goal as well, a very good goal, mind you. Overall, dude, I'm very, very pleased. I thought it was very, um, very nice the way that we announced Raphael Varane as well. Just wanted to mention that because that basically got the crowd absolutely buzzing for that game they don't need encouragement you know it's the first game back for many many months against dirty leads as well and they went by the way here's here's our new world-class center half around who's just going to parade around the pitch that we hadn't announced it, until now it was a bit old school I, as well wasn't it in terms of doing that it, because i'm so used to now seeing players announced on social media with some extravagant like video you know to go along with it Seeing just a, a player walk out onto the pitch and hold up the shirt as your unveiling or your announcement, it was, just felt a little, yeah, a bit old school and I liked it. I enjoyed it. They have subsequently announced him seven more times on their social media page, but like... Oh, wouldn't you? <laughs> Let's be honest about it, wouldn't you? Like, I keep seeing United fans kind of say, oh, this summer, you know, it's a bit, you know, it could it could have been more. And it's like, oh, we just signed Jadon Sancho and Rafael Varane. Well, well, boys. Genuine qu- I guess the, it's the midfield, the, the defence midfield position, isn't it? I know that they're, they're, there's always kind of people... Uh, looking at and I understand that because it does stand out as a potential position of weakness in in that eleven. But um, cr- credit to Ollie, right? Because um, Paul Pogba left attacking midfield for assists as, as something that in the entirety of the Premier League year has only been done seven times. So in a, a truly exceptional performance. Oh, not according to Sunez, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was starting to get a bit tired of the. The memes, the soonest memes, because I thought it was, it was a worn out trope. 
Uh, it turns out it's not. Um, no, I thought Sunez was off this. I, I genuinely thought that he, he, he was distanced. I remember someone, called, it was probably Mika Richard, that had called him out on it. And I thought that he kind of tried to explain why he's been so critical of, of Paul in the past, which is that uh, Paul's talent is so obvious, but he's unable to uh, put it on the pitch regularly uh, for Manchester United. And that's why he's so hypercritical. But no, 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 that's not it. It's, it's a genuine personal animosity towards someone that doesn't even know who the fuck he is. It's, it's incredible to me that, that Graham Souness had the, the nerve to say that. It's, it, it's baffling, but um, I, I want to say credit because uh, Paul Pogba's played for some exceptional managers you know when you look through um allegri i mean he, deschamps obviously not a truly exceptional manager uh jose Mourinho. i'm trying to remember it was jose was his, his only manager pre this so he's, he's worked on these managers and none of these managers have really been able to uh other than allegri who was fortunate enough to have vidal and andrea pirlo around him to probably hide some of those deficiencies but put him in a position where He's in the final third and influencing football in the final third and then hiding his deficiencies, which are can be a little bit um, slow on the ball at times, maybe uh, meandering. In, in, and if you put him in front of your back line because, well, he must be a central midfielder and obviously he must play the deep line six in that position, he's, he's likely to make the errors that lead to goal. But uh, Oli found a position for him on that left-hand side uh, and it was just devastating. Uh, for for Leeds, so do we handle him. do we envisage that happening on a on a regular basis? Do you think that's going to be his position for the season? I think that we'll see what sort of flexibility he's got, right? Because I I don't think he'll be married to a formation. There's players still to come back in, Rashford's to come back in, right? Crucially, at some point in a couple of months' time. But he's played him there last year a bit as well. Is that right, Mikey? I think he played him there a couple of times, and that's where he's been good for United, really. And I, I can he see that he working. finished the season there. He finished the season, and it's been his side. best form. For United, arguably, the, the back yeah. in the last yeah. season. A couple of points on Pogba. Um, I read a wonderful sentence on him um, the other day, which kind of said that Bruno Fernandes raises the floor of Manchester United, but Paul Pogba raises the ceiling, which I found uh, quite, quite a, a nice, um, kind of a nice summary in a way, in terms of kind of what Paul Pogba can offer the team. He's not going to make you, he's not going to drag you like a Bruno does, but he's going to make certain things incredible do you know what i mean mm. with with his vision and his and his and his passing ability but with paul pogba um i think we're going to get more of the same that we do every year if i'm honest with you we're going to get phenomenal one minute infuriating the next injured for a little bit blamed for things which are and are not his fault um in equal measure he'll win us probably more games than he he'll win us more points then he loses us points absolutely as he's done every season he's been here despite what scapegoats like Graham Sooners will have you believe but I do think that if he can play in this uh in this left-hand side where his defensive frailties are not exposed so much and to be honest with you as well with him being a central midfielder the guy one thing Paul Pogba is not is a box-to-box player mm -hmm. because he simply doesn't work hard enough no Paul Pogba does not work hard enough to play in a position which is as physically demanding as that, um, despite his physical attributes. Put him on the left-hand side uh, where him and Bruno can dovetail. He can come in, Bruno can go up. and They, they seem to have a lovely understanding there. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said it um, a few times before when asked about 
Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba, can they play together? How do you get the best out of them? And he just said, look, good players can play with good players. Um, and I think that's true of those two, mm-hmm. especially when you get them playing nearer each other um, rather than one behind the other one where it's all a bit weird and Paul Pogba's, you know, gets a bit exposed. So it was a good performance. I'm very happy. It's Leeds, so it's lovely to beat them, of course. Um, but the excitement comes from the fact that we've got Rafael Varane and Jaden Sancho still to come into this team. Um, that is exciting, quite frankly. And yeah. so, so the, okay, well, the next question I want to know then, and I'll go to the woods for this one. Kind of Michael's hinted there upon its leads this day play into Man United's hands. So should we not get carried away with them with this result? Because ultimately 5-1 open day season looks great. We'll set a benchmark, but is it too much to look into too soon? Uh, you know, obviously it's the first game. Uh, yes and no, right? It's, it is opening day. That you look at the results across the Premier League, there was some standout ones, and there's also some for the champions which were less standout, right? Uh, but what I would say is, I thought that the performance more than the result was was really good. I thought the energy levels really good. I thought a lot of teams looked lethargic this weekend, and I don't think United did at any point. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest plus. They they look fit, they look up for it they look confident these are all key things for them to really kick on and try and achieve something uh that they haven't achieved in was seven years now eight years it's been it's been a moment obviously since the united have have won the title and it's open right right now it's legitimately an open race and i know that city um are kind of push hard to get kane across the line and that does change things significantly but uh, i think that that's as good a performance you know I, They've had good performances under Oli. I know where the concern comes from for some United fans is that, let's see, right? Can they continue this? Can they maintain this level of performance? And that that will be the proof in the pudding, right? Can they? But I think they are legitimate contenders because of the talent. If Pogba stays um, interested, engaged, um, as he was at the weekend and as he has been over the bulk of this year for Manchester United, uh, he, he has, I think, is a perfect... Um, explanation of him that he does raise the ceiling because his range of passing just opens everything up that the the assist for the green goal is just unworldly good and he's the only player in that team that can unlock a defense from 40 50 yards back uh so yeah look just i think to, just it's, it's fair to have reservations because it is opening day but i, I think they're legitimate can, candidates yeah fair enough um just sticking actually with pogba is Pogba happy to play out left? Does he see himself as a more of a central player? Is, is, you know, you mentioned obviously keeping him happy and keeping these performances going. Do you feel like... I don't think he's a pure left winger in the system, though. No. That's the key thing. I think that effectively he's been given an offensive position which takes away from requiring him to do a lot of the dirty work. Um, I, I think there's... It's... Does that Chelsea, not expose Chelsea... Luke Shaw then? No, but I think there's a reason why um, the McFred axis of evil comes in because both of them um certainly on Pogba's side and you'll see on Sanchez's side although Wambasaka doesn't need as much help they're there to cover flanks and they're there to help out and you've basically got Bruno who will track back occasionally but he also will give the ball away a lot and you've got Pogba who won't track back as often as everyone else and you'll see with Pogba that playing on that left-hand side I think 
you know, a lot of people put stock into the starting positions. You know, this is the formation. Pogba's mm. playing out wide. Um, look at, for example, with Everton, with Richarlison. Uh, first half, he was very much shunted out wide on the left. And the second half, he was still technically, according to the team sheet, playing on the left-hand side. But he spent, and according to the heat map, more time up front and on the right-hand side. Do you know what I mean? So uh, when I see Pogba playing for Manchester United, starting on the left-hand side, he spends a lot of time in the middle. He spends a lot of time in the 10. He spends a lot of time on the left-hand side of their of the opponent's box. The, the goal that Greenwood scored, Pogba picked it up in his own half, you know, like 50 yards away. Yeah, we, I think we were defending at the time. But he does get around. But what crucially he doesn't have to do is sit there and receive the ball from the centre-halves, mm-hmm. which is where... I think in a in an ideal scenario in your in your head, Paul Pogba can take the ball off the defence and and play a a fifty yard raker. Whereas that never really has happened at Manchester United, and it's not really something we need. We need good players who can take the ball off the defence if need be, or with Varane and Maguire both able to stride with the ball from defence to bypass that shitty. D in the middle, that not the center circle, which no one wants to be in, and give it quickly to Sancho, to Bruno, to Pogba, nearer the goal, basically. Um, and with Varane being in the team and Man United supposedly being able to defend instead of a medium low block at a higher a higher line of engagement from the defense from the defensive line, we should be able to do that with even more effectively because of Varane's ability to recover running back towards his own goal. So. There are, I think there are encouraging signs, hmm. but if you ask me about United getting carried away 5-1 against Leeds, all I'm going to say is I'd rather win the opening game 5-1 than lose it 5-1. So yeah. and I don't think you'll find any Man United fans getting carried away because it's, I think I think that the, the overwhelming emotion for a lot of football fans right now is thank God football is back with fans oh, because so my good, God, man. it's so good. So good. I, okay, going back to your point on Shaw, Luke Shaw being so good going the other way means that Pogba can play that left position because he hasn't got to hold the the width there. That's not his role. Like Shaw will be offering the overlap, and as Mikey pointed out, the reason you have McTominay or and Fred in there is because they'll cover Shaw off in that position if he does go forward. But yeah, positive signs and maybe glory, glory, Man United by the end of the season. <laughs> okay then. Um- Let's switch up then. Um, probably some less positive signs uh, for the rain and champions potentially. What's that? What's that sound, Lee? I hear the sound of a of a of a, of a break in in play. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm I felt like you weren't going to go to it. You told me not to go to a break. You know. Now, now we're having this discussion that's, that's again. Mid pod. Mid pod conversation about Pro- this. I'm going to list, let the listeners know, and uh, these boys are going to gang up against me. They said, "Whatever you do, don't say that we're going to a pod. I'm just going to put it in. Go to a break. Go to a break. Sorry. No, what was said? What was said? Don't say we're going to an ad break now. Say we're going to the next segment." Right, as in now we're going to talk about, and maybe that's what Lee was doing. It's just a very long lead-in to talk about. Tottenham well, yeah, and maybe, City. maybe that's what I was trying to do. So maybe we'll... that was not what you were trying to do at all, Lee. <laughs> you were just going to continue the show and not put a break in. Basically, loyal listeners, we're going to be talking about Manchester City and Spurs next. Insert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to talk about City next, and then obviously I was rudely cut off. <laughs> but no, uh, obviously, yeah. City lost their the opening 
uh, the game of the of the of the weekend. Um, I say opening game was obviously the opening game in terms of their opening game against Spurs. I, would you actually mention about certain teams looking really good and bright and fit, and other teams looking lethargic? That was my gut feeling or takeaway from watching the City game. But um, at the same time, do we flip it around and say Spurs are really good and maybe surprise some people? I think Spurs surprised some people, no doubt. Um, I think what would have also surprised a lot of people is that after half an hour, City were done. Like the legs had gone. They, they looked so undercooked. It was, it was a genuine shock to see how undercooked they were. But maybe it shouldn't be such a massive shock, you know, because... Um, you remember how poorly they started last season? When they eleventh at one point last season, right? They, they were tenth after ten games. I think yeah, this it was. is it. Oh, no, they, no, eleventh after ten games. I think it was. They, um, they weren't hot starters last year either. They took a moment to get into their stride. What can someone can someone answer me why this is the case? Why are Manchester City? Why do they look so shanked? Um, I mean, they obviously they had a few players out in the, in the Euros, but like so did the love. I would say that I, I, having watched Chelsea a couple of times, I've also been a bit surprised at how lethargic as well they've looked they've, they've looked undercooked as well this is why I was saying that United really surprised me with how sprightly everyone looked because uh, all three of those clubs have had players at the tournament right mate it's that new coach we signed from you boys mate he's the, he's the answer <laughs> I told you this last week mate next manager this guy Eric Ramsey yeah, the, under, the under 23 assistant coach yeah what a guy. that guy um, <laughs> well I'm, I'm right in thinking that Maguire started for United right yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But Stones, mate. Harry start. Kane is the only Harry Kane is the only guy from that England uh, squad, other than like Rashford or uh, people that are injured, um, who hasn't recorded any issues, but he's just not around. Um, just not around. Well, no, because I was going to yeah. ask because I know we've. Um, but well, I suppose we'll get. I suppose was... we'll get on to Kane later on, right? Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's your question as to why why Stones was. Well, this is the thing. Like, and okay. I know it's Chilwell as well for for Chelsea didn't play, but you know, then, then someone like Maguire did, and he played every minute pretty much for. Well, Chilwell minutes. didn't kick a ball at the Euro, so he hasn't got an excuse for that. <laughs> exactly. But like, I think Marcus Alonso's had a pretty good preseason. Um, look, Tuchel doesn't have. Uh, he's not married to anyone and it's worth not I, I don't want to drag into this is going to end up talking about Chelsea now mate you got me started but the reason why Alonso's playing is because we play he's he's the worst left back in football but he's also the best well, left wing back in football that's why Alonso's playing over Chilwell I, th- I th- think they'll probably be playing a okay. club but anyway back I, to Man City answer me the question then about Stones over Ake then why was that not I, a thing Ake playing over Stones I, I wonder if Pep was like I'm going to put Ake back out there to go and rectify his error from the community shield the weekend before and all I came in and did was basically show that 40 million pissed up the wall. Um, he's just simply not good enough, is he, at that level? And I think that was uh, highlighted um, at, at Bournemouth, right? He, he wasn't good enough. Premier League winner. <laughs> so <laughs> well, it shows yeah. your medals. Yeah. So it shows your medals. Nathan Ake can now. So there you go. Uh, look, I think we're all a bit surprised that City spent 40 million on him at the time, right? I'm I'm a bit surprised mm. that Manchester City keep playing Mendy. If oh I'm my goodness! Because that guy is dreadful. He's finished, isn't he? Those He's injuries have completely, completely finished him. Like they should just finished. let him go be the social media manager. Uh, that's what he's good for now. Shark team this, shark team that. But as as a footballer, like it's mad how important Zinchenko is to that team um, because he's so important. Because then it doesn't mean that they have to play. Uh, Mendy at left back. Well, again, Walker not playing meant that this is, Cancelo this is what I was play about to back. say, right? The if you're playing against Spurs, regardless of whether it's a Jose team or a Nuno team, and mm-hmm. you know, Nuno plays in pretty much the same mould as as Mourinho a yeah. lot of the time, 
you know that they're going to approach the game, especially against Man, against Man City, soak up the pressure and hit with pace. They play basically with, and under, certainly under Mourinho, three runners in straight lines, two to three runners in straight lines. That's basically how they counterattack. They don't do anything else. They don't deviate other than let's go in straight lines and see what what happens. And surely if, you, if you're going up against that, you need Kyle Walker, who is essentially the, one of the best yeah. kind of defensive recovery players around. I don't understand this this no. feeling of not playing Kyle Walker in this game. I just don't get it. No, I don't know either. Because um, as you say, he's a player that did play a lot of minutes at the Euros. Um, but Maguire played every minute as far as I can remember. No, he missed the first game, but you get my point. Bro, he, played, sure, he played a lot. Sure started sure, for us. Yeah, I, I don't understand why those players... We're playing, and it's, it's, it's an error yeah, by Bruno Pep. Fernandes played, started for us. Pogba started for us. I know those, those guys didn't go as far as England did, but hmm. like we, our players played. You know, yeah. I don't understand. Fred no. was in the that was in bloody um, Copa, Copa America. You know, yeah, yeah it's, it's a surprise, and it is fair to question. So Pep got it wrong that, then. Is that yeah, absolutely. I think he's got it wrong every time he's played there. By the way, he's got a dreadful record against Tottenham at that what, stadium. Played three, lost three. Um, four, and this is ever since four they called them now. Harry Kane's team. And he seems to always play them without Harry Kane, and he always gets beaten by them. It's, don't it's worry, bu- though, mate. Mate, don't worry, because I've heard that Pep Guardiola is the greatest manager of all time, as long as he has a lot of money to spend. So he's going to go and throw 150 million at Harry Kane now that they basically went up there and were toothless, and all of a sudden you know, they'll win another league, and they'll be lauded as the greatest manager of all time again. You know, yeah. that, that'll do it. That'll show them. Hey, look, you know my my opinions on Guardiola. Um, <laughs> no, it is it is a joke that he gets kind of even labelled along with Alex Ferguson. Um, he he basically buys his, he's Jose Mourinho, right? He's just Jose Mourinho, but plays fancier football. They both basically buy their way out of problems. Um, just Pep to a larger extent. I mean, the fact is is that uh, they, he, he buys Grealish, and Grealish wasn't necessarily um, a problem in the game. I think that he did a lot of positive stuff. Um, Pep player yet, mate. Uh, there's a guy, right? Pep is going to drill out of him, bruv. Do not hold on to the ball for as long as you do, because mm. Grealish had the Grealish likes holding on to the ball for a long time. I can't see Pep putting up with that too long. I really can't. I really can't. Unless he has the ball for a long time and then delivers something. Um, but I'm not sure that Pep's going to be too thrilled with. Oh look, we've got another free kick. That's you know in a non-threatening position when De Bruyne is not on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, it's going to be interesting it. how that all works out, right? Because um, what well, he obviously De Bruyne didn't start, did he? He um, he was on the on the bench and then did come on. And be interesting there if if going forward he'll play the pair of them in the middle. That seems really unbalanced to play them and a central midfielder with zero legs uh, trying to cover for those two going forward. It's going to be it's a, it's an excellent position as a manager because you've got so many talented footballers to pick from. Fernandinho being cooked, by the way, mm. that's a problem for them. Legs have gone. Um, he is he, done. Yeah, properly done now. So now you're reliant on Rodri. Who is not athletic in any stretch no. of the imagination. So City play this uh, style of football, which always leaves them susceptible on the counter. As Tottenham basically ex- exposed at the weekend. But I, I don't see... They haven't got the right players to be able to kind of stop that. They've, they've had Fernandinho, who was basically the expert. In that, and they, I guess they still have Walker to come back into this team. But it could be a problem going forward this season. They had that season, didn't they, when Liverpool won the league at Acanta, where they were really poor, right? Um, and, I, and they we were, were saying then about Fernandinho season. as well, that his legs yeah. were starting to go. And he was going to be the next one that was going to be really sort of needed 
replace him with a world class player, not Rodri. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Look, I'm not going to write City off because they've won three of the last four titles. They're about to spend 150 million on Kane. Like Pep, Pep got it together so much last year that didn't they string off like 13, 14 wins in a row or something ridiculous? Look, they're, they're going to be fine. It was a difficult game to open the season for them, right? Far from ideal, having to go there to Tottenham. Uh, fans back in the stadium and obviously there's a lot of needle between those two clubs because of the Kane situation uh, City already having looked undercooked in, in the community shields uh, the week before I think it's just a perfect storm for, for Tottenham to, to take it to City and, and, and take the victory Can you talk to me then about the Kane situation is there literally what is the latest is it is it going to happen a lot because of I'm hearing Daniel Levy's going to stay firm and he's not he's going not going to budge basically it's look, City are going to come in with the offer. There's no two ways about it. Um, after that performance, I'm sure that basically they, they would have sat down and gone completely gutless, toothless. We need that player in there, ASAP. Um, I wonder if also that performance for for Levy uh, would have alleviated some of his concerns with losing a player like Harry Kane. That again, we can play football without him because Son is capable of doing that. Um, I'm sure that Levy would like to know the figure. So we can try and broker the deals for the players to strengthen the team. I think they could still do another centre half to come in there. Um, they could do with probably strengthening uh, the the wing back position on the right hand side as well. Um, I think it, it's, it's tough to say because in my head I'm like it has to get done. And then, like having watched um, the pundits talk about it um, at the weekend, I think even they feel like it has to get done at this point. Like it feels like too much has happened here now for it to just revert back. And I, I kind of agree. And I just think Kane is 28 with a history now of missing significant time in seasons and you're getting offered $150 million in cash. Sometimes it's the right time. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be their Coutinho moment because Coutinho basically was holding Liverpool back, right? Um, when he left, it meant that Salah could thrive and they are obviously able to buy Van Dijk and Alisson. But you could similarly say... Uh, an opportunity for Tottenham to be able to take that money and reinvest it astutely. That's the key thing, right? Astutely. Uh, and being able to uh, maybe benefit longer term. The, the problem is, is that history has already shown us that they aren't very good at astutely spending big sums of money when it comes to them. See, Bale. I, I worry heartily about getting 150 million quid and Daniel Levy's um, willingness to then go and put 150 million quid into players when we're coming off COVID and he just mm. lost a lot of money on that stadium. Um, I really worry about that, if I'm honest with you. Um, because now, obviously, every other club in the world are going to know that Spurs have 150 million quid burning a hole in their back pocket. And so... Premier League clubs already pay a premium anyway, but Tottenham are now going to be paying the Harry Kane premium for any player that they want to go and buy. I would the like the only thing like if 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 this would have happened a couple of weeks ago, I could say well maybe Levy's been doing something behind the scenes mm -hmm. preparing the deals for when Kane then goes. You know what I mean? So it's like Kane's gone, but then the next day, yo, we've signed this guy and this guy and this guy or what have you. But the transfer window closes very, very soon. And I'm just not sure there's enough time left 
for someone of Daniel Levy's negotiating skills who tries to drive a hard bargain to get something done that's going to be really a sensible use of that money. And I just think the accountant in him is going to go a more sensible use of that money is putting it in the coffers for next season. Mm. Yeah, it's hard not to disagree. It really isn't. Um, okay, then um, let's 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 mix that up. Then let's. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that we're going to be taking some form of a pausing. No, right we're now. not. We're not taking a break now. We're taking a break after the Arsenal segment. No, we're not. I'm putting it in now, mate. I'm literally putting it in now because I've said so. Okay, it's in. Okay, and there you go. We've we finished our, our arguing after that. Hopefully, that advert you just listened to. Um, I want to go across across to uh, Arsenal now. Across North London, we've spoken about Spurs. Arsenal actually did kick off this season um, with Brentford on Friday. And um, of course, we have to talk about them because, you know, at the moment, you know, they're just Lollingtons. Um, is it a new low for Arsenal losing 2-0 on the opening day of the season to a newcomers, Premier League newcomers in Brentford? Every time you think that Arsenal bottomed out, they find another way to hit rock bottom. It is surprising. Now, the one thing I will say is if I've ever seen a trap game, that was it, right? Friday the 13th, 8 o'clock kickoff, new stadium, first time fans are back, first time the team has played in the Premier League. Like It was almost like the Premier League deliberately put that game there knowing that what a way to kick off the season, newcomers, upset, Arsenal, LOL. Um, and it, it honestly had a feeling about that. I w- the, the thing with Arsenal at this point, we are so far away from... Uh, the, the the Arsenal teams of um, Wenger in the good Wenger years, the Henrys, the Pires, the Vieiras, that, that we're now at this point when they lose to Brentford on the opening day, that we're not surprised. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I personally wasn't surprised. I, I, I thought they would lose that football match. I even know Arsenal fans that were like, I think we're going to lose this football match. This is where we are now. The, the expectation is through the floor. And the thing is, is that... There's so many problems. It's not just the manager. It's not just the owner. It's not just the uh, Edu uh, who's meant to be signing better players. It's not just the owner. It's everything, right? Everything as a whole is wrong at that football club. They finished eighth last year. They finished eighth the year before. How have they gone about improving it? Signing Ben White for £50 million. Now, Ben White may well turn out to be a fine footballer, but that's not going to move the needle when you look at what the teams at the top. May not have bought Varane and Sancho. Uh, Chelsea bought Lukaku. Uh, um, Man City bought Grealish potentially Kane the gap is growing it's not reducing and that's that's the problem like they're just not how are Arsenal meant to reduce it though because they're never going to be able to attract those calibre of players that you just mentioned and that that, that's now the problem is is where it all went wrong for them big time was when they lost that European final to Chelsea in Baku because that was their way back into the Champions League to get the money to get the investment, to get back at basically being at the big table. They lost that game, and since then they've been struggling to kind of get back, and the gap is only growing. Like last year against Villarreal, it's a huge opportunity for them to get to the final, to play Manchester United, to potentially get Champions League football again. They fail again. It's, it's, it's incredible like how far away this team is from where they were, and... There's no short-term fix to get back unless you throw a whole host of money at the problem. And even then, they get it wrong. Obama-Yang, the mad thing, right? Everyone looked at that, that, that Ozil deal, right? 
And everyone was like, that's like the worst contract in football. And somehow Arsenal have one-upped it. I, I, I just cannot believe that they basically gone and managed to, to, to offer a contract to a player in Aubameyang who's just basically decided not to play football anymore. Like well, since he got that contract, he's gone off a cliff. He literally didn't play against Brentford. Him and Lacazette. And there's something there, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, 100%. What is that? You watch Arteta's face when asked about why isn't Lacazette and Aubameyang in that in that team. Yeah, apparently they feel ill or something. And very just looking very much like he wants to be anywhere other than that. Like, I think it was Neville that said on, on the on his podcast, he was like, when a, when a player falls ill, usually the manager, when he then breaks that news to journalists, says, oh, you know, he's, he's a bit unwell. We hopefully we can get him back for so and hope he feels better soon. There's a little bit of empathy there. There's there's a degree of I can see the manager actually wants that player to get better. In with Arteta, it feels like he he would really prefer them to both get a lot worse, um, so that he never had to play them ever again, or they never had to cut. They could never be around the squad again. I have zero idea what's going on with his club because everything Woods just said a second ago is right. Owner. Comedy, manager, comedy, inexperienced. Um, Edu, what on earth is he doing? What is he building? What is the strategy? What is the plan for this club? I have absolutely zero idea. A zero idea. There's not There's not a hope in hell that any Arsenal fan can sit there and go, I have an idea about what's going on. Because, right, they got rid of David Luiz, right? Mm-hmm. Pair of you. Is that a good decision? Yeah, I think that he was not the player they should have signed mm. in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right? What did David Louise give them, though? There's an leadership. element of leadership. A bit of leadership, bit of heart, bit of something, bit of bit of character in that in that back line. Mm-hmm. What do they What do they have now? <laughs> I'm going to wait in for the back line. to go Love Island <laughs> contestant. Well, they do. Yeah, basically they have Love Island Gary Cahill <laughs> at the back now. All right, they got a guy that seems to be sent sent for a hot dog every time he walks on the football pitch. Um, there's a I lack agree. of experience there's a lack of experience right they, they, when you have it I'm trying to think Gabriel is 23 24 uh, something like that and obviously Ben White I think is 24 as well two inexperienced players playing centre half for Arsenal in a position where you need experience in a position where they need a character they need someone who's going to put his head on things someone who's going to be a leader of men somewhere What did they, how did they lose that second goal Throw in yeah. came, the goalkeeper's getting bullied. No one. If you're if you're if you're put it this way, right? I always say put it this way. Winds him up when I listen to the mm-hmm. show back. If the hay is sitting there and he's getting bullied by like some lump up top, I want Maguire over there getting in that guy's face. Get get the get off my goalkeeper, right? I want that level of you know what? I see something going on here. This could be a problem. I'm gonna go and sort it out myself. Arsenal don't have a single player that is capable of spotting something like that and going, I'm going to go and sort that out myself. I'm going to go and save my mate and get him out of trouble. The post-match interview, didn't they send um, Lokonga and Smith-Rowe? It was that the the kids, yeah. That they basically sent the kids out to do the post-match interview. Like there is something critically wrong at that football club when... They're, they're, the kids are bailing them out in interviews at the end. Not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't aware well, I of this, a, by the way. I'm, I'm baffled I by saw, this. I saw a stat that Smith Rowe completed 48 out of 49 passes, right? 
well done. Really, genuinely, like, you know, against a, a tough opposition who are going to be all over him in a hostile environment, that's pretty good. The issue is, mate, is that I watched this game and they were all nowhere near the... F- mm-hmm. I saw again there. Nowhere near the goal. And I see Arsenal fans afterwards saying, oh, it was really good when Saka come on. He got a lot, you know, he got positive support. Completely agree. Love, love Really good to see. Ah, oh, but the, the, the link-up play of him and Smith Rowe. Oh, God, that was exciting. It all happened 40 yards from the goal. They've got nothing going forward. And I see Pepe on that right-hand side. And uh, people will tell me, oh, he had a really good end of the season. This could be his year. It's like <laughs> he scored like, no, they like, scored like heartless goals against heartless teams in a heartless side of the year when nothing's going on. Do you know what I mean? Like he's the Malou de Kalou of the world who ain't, is never going to make a a, a, an actual difference. Sorry to bury Chelsea players there, Woods. He's never going to make a difference. And for 72 million slapperoos, I want someone who's going to make a difference. And I look at the Arsenal team and I, we go back to Ben White, right? I asked the question a minute ago about, you know, what they don't have a player with any character. They have no players of leadership. David Louise, a comedy clown. At least he had something about him who can maybe rally, rally some troops. Ben White is... Woods uses the analogy of Batman and Robin quite often mm-hmm. when it comes to the central defenders. Ben White is the ultimate Robin, okay? Not just not just like the Dick Grayson Robin. He's like the Nightwing jobber Robin from like the one that no one gives a hell about, right? Who Batman doesn't even want to know. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's the, the other one, yeah? The other, the fake Robin, yeah? Because all he is is a guy... He can pass the ball pretty well, you know. He can pass the ball pretty well. He, you know, he looks like a good, you know, Gary Cahill Love Island contestant. He is the absolute opposite, the opposite of what Arsenal need in that defence and in that team. They are a team. Sorry, Lee, I'm going as fast as I can. They're a team with limited funds. It's well, well documented, right? They skimped on Shaka selling him. Because they wanted to squeeze some more money out of him. I wanted now to touch give, on Shaka, by the only way. Only to then now give him a brand new bumper contract. He's yeah? got a pay rise, man. He's got a pay rise. The guy that everything goes through. And he's the one that's been killing that team from the beginning, right? I look at Ben White and it's like, you don't need a guy. You spend 50 million on a quid. Like, 50 million quid on a guy that you just... There were other priorities. There were other Massive. priorities in mm-hmm. that team. Millions of other priorities in that team. You've got a goalkeeper that refuses to play it short, even though he can't play it short. And then when he does play it short, they look terrified. They, nothing, nothing in this team works. I have no idea what style of play they play. I have no idea what they're trying to do. I have no idea what they're doing in the boardroom. I have no idea what they're doing in the transfer room. I have no idea what they're doing in the pitch. I have no idea what they're doing when it comes to media relations and handling. I have absolutely no idea what is going on at Arsenal Football Club. And as someone that grew up in the in the 90s watching an Arsenal team that terrified me to my very soul every bloody week, it's genuinely it's past laughing stock it's now just very disheartening right fix it i think we'll see how they because they've got an opportunity to turn their season around big time next week because they've got chelsea at home right they beat chelsea at home it's a statement victory everything starts to feel a little bit more right with the world but equally they could then lose to chelsea and they've got city next right so they could let's be be realistic they're going to be losing to chelsea 
Look, let's see. All right, I, I still think Chelsea. I know you always downplay right? Chelsea, mate. You must is, be sitting is, there knowing that you should be beating that team. <laughs> Look, Romelu Lukaku's playing his day. Lukaku's got his day. He's going to feast. He's going to feast it. Just, just I, I one... think. I think in Go. our future we've got a pod special where we'll probably sit down and talk about Arsenal at length because there's so much to cover about. Yeah, my prediction for Arsenal: they lose against Chelsea, they lose against City, they maybe lose their next game. I'm not sure it is. But then they will go and pick up about three or four results on the spin with scabby one nils or scabby two ones, and they'll randomly be in like fifth, right? Where's like how are they there? And then all of it, and then Arsenal fans see, told you, Arteta, what a guy, what a manager, what a manager. I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And then they'll finish tenth. <laughs> I think Arsenal fans are wising up to Arteta. I feel like he's not got the support. But um, I want to move on. And to be fair, I'm going to keep up the the Arsenal chat because they're they're my chumps of the week. Yeah. Um, pretty much for all the reasons you guys have just discussed but um, yeah so uh, please carry on if you want to open up with a winner or a chump either of you whoever gets in first yeah um, M- Mickey Arteta's fun time gunners and my losers as well <laughs> I, 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 I did <laughs> I, I, I struggled a bit with trying to find it because I thought it was such a great weekend of football uh, I, I don't know if I'm high on fans being back or what I really 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 enjoyed this weekend of Premier League action I really did um, but it has to be Arsenal and uh, I, I don't want to drag them too much but I do I do wonder if Arteta is the right manager at the wrong time uh, I think that they've got a a toxic environment for a, a, an inexperienced manager to deal with. I think that's the problem they got, and the, the, the difficulty that we've got in this market. Everyone, everyone's dealing with it. United are dealing with it. Chelsea are dealing with it. It's you can't shift the players. Arsenal need to shift Lacazette. They need to shift Aubameyang. They needed to shift Shaka. They needed to shift these um, veteran individuals that are basically cancerous in the dressing room. All right, they the reason they're getting younger is because they've got a young coach. I can appreciate that, but they're not being able to move these players on. And this, this situation with Aubameyang and Lacazette, when the truth comes out, it's going to be fascinating. Mikey? That's a hat-trick. Um, I racked my brains high and low. It's Arsenal. Fair enough. Any winners? Um, I've got a weird one. I thought, we always love a weird winner. <laughs> I thought the officiating was really good this weekend. <laughs> I, again, I don't know if it's just because they've dialed back VAR, but um, we watched. I watched the United game. I didn't have much of an opportunity to see all of the games this weekend because of having children. But there was a moment towards the end of the game where that Leeds player went through and he went down under like real nothing contact. Last season, that's a penalty. And I was so happy when it wasn't this year. I think there was a couple of moments this weekend where similar actions have happened and they weren't punished with ridiculous penalties. The only one that was was in the Newcastle-West Ham game. That was the one that annoyed me because I think VAR should have overturned that because it didn't look like a penalty, right? But overall, I thought the standard of officiating this weekend was actually really good. And I think it's almost like because the referees have been allowed to officiate without the fear of VAR coming in and telling them to give penalties for nothing, right? I, I, I want to ask you more questions crazy. about it, to be honest, but I'll tell you what, we're going to save it for our next episode because I do believe we're going to cover it off there as well. Mm. So, yeah. Mikey? My winners? Yeah. My team won 5-1 against Dirty Leeds. Of course, it's Manchester United. Come on. Or Oli? Oli, Oli in? Oli in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, don't try and entrap me into that kind of, that, that, that level of baiting, will you? Um... I ain't saying nothing, bruv, because we look, if we beat we we beat Leeds last year six two. So in terms of score difference, it's the same, yeah. Um, but I will say Manchester United. They came in. Other teams have looked um, not fit, not sharp. 
Man United looked fit and sharp and we're adding two world-class players to the squad. In the words of Bill Goldberg, who's next? <laughs> that is in for you guys. Who have you got up next? Just, I'm, I'm interested. I literally don't have a clue, mate. No, oh, I'm so confident. Doesn't matter who's next. Line them up and just knock them down. Line them up and we'll knock them down. Uh, we've got Southampton away. Oh, mate. Oh, you're in for a treat, oh, mate. You're mate. Lovely. I'll be covering Nine off from fantasy on the cards football, there. mate. Don't worry. Um, I feel like we should introduce a um, Mikey's Ollie Barometer. And basically, I want to know <laughs> on a scale where, where, where you're sitting on. So for the first game of the season, you're just beating Leeds 5-1. Give me a number between 1 and 10. Uh, I'm sitting at a 7. Solid 7 Ooh, that's, that's Swinging seven. towards that, that end. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 it is. Yeah. It is. Mm, yeah. Interesting. All right, then. In that case, Who's your winner? My winner is... I've gone, I've gone for Brentford. So basically, I've gone for a, just a, a Brentford-Arsenal theme with my winners and chums. Um, just... I thought they were a bit. I don't want to say. I don't want to be cliche and go. Oh, they're a breath of fresh air because to be fair, we had that with Leeds last year. But you know, they they came out first game of the season. As all the things that Woods mentioned, you know, first time fans are back at their new stadium, and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed them. And they they got in Arsenal's faces as well, and I like that. Mate, they handled the emotion of the day really, mm. really, really well. Those players, their families were there. It was a really big moment for those players on that pitch. The manager as well. They, I, I saw them being referred to as being ice cold on the pitch, and they were. They they rocked up and they they done the job. Didn't get overawed by the situation, and they got in Arsenal's faces and played them. Outplayed them. They deserved the they deserved the victory. So yeah. massive props to them. I've, I've just because I wanted to have a look at United's features. They got quite a good run through September as well, for what it's worth. But then October becomes a bit of a bloodbath. But the reason why I'm sitting here looking like, oh my god, um, we, we've we've got something going on over the weekend of the 24th of October. Um, we're all together, and it's Manchester United versus Liverpool. Oh, great! <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> We'll, Can we end the show with that, please? We'll, we'll get you nice and pissed up for that, mate. So then, great. Either way, you'll be either celebrating or just drowning your sorrows. There's, <laughs> there's several United fans going to be there, mate. Great, mm. including Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very, Very good. good. All right, boys. On that note, let, let's look to end the show. Um, as Mikey alluded to, we are going about to record another another pod and we are dropping that this week as well. So keep your ears peeled for that. Uh, but from for now, let's say goodbye. Bye from me. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.